0: Welcome back to The Right Routine, The Reluctant Writer's Accomplice. I'm Master Joel, and today I have a very special guest. This is the number one uh, watcher, number one listener of my podcast. So, David, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm your um, fan number one. So I follow your podcast since, since the beginning. So thank you for having me here. Well,
0: thanks for asking to be on, and the beginning wasn't that long ago, but um, I really appreciate you watching the episodes and it's exciting that you are here from the beginning. So, um, I understand that you wanted to ask some questions. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience um, about yourself before we start with the questions?
1: Well, I just um, want to learn more about how To improve my writing and I think that everyone here wants to hear and know more about it. So my questions, uh, I need to know more about it.
0: Okay, great. Well, I can give all the information I
1: have. (laughs) Right?
0: So, what is the first question?
1: Okay, the first question is, a good writer is a good reader. How does reading influence your writing?
0: I think reading inspires you. And I think it gives you ideas. Books help people to escape and to experience life from a different perspective and in a different place, all while sitting in their own room. And I think writers need to read because it opens their minds and it makes them more empathetic to the plight of other people. And if you want to be a good writer, your characters need need to touch others. They need to be real. And reading helps you to learn more about real people.
1: Right. Do you think that reading and writing is a way to escape from reality?
0: Absolutely. Big yes, and a period.
1: Yep. Could you you expand that idea?
0: Well, like I said, uh, writers, well, it's important to read because it takes you to a different world and to see life through the lens of someone else, whether it be through the actual writer's eyes or through their character's eyes. Going on a bit of a tangent, I think that characters in a story are all somehow even perhaps just a small part a reflection of the writer themselves because characters are an extension of the writer themselves they are authentic enough to give you a satisfying experience when you're reading in their skin and that's what people want life is hard Life is really, really hard. And it's wonderful to escape to a different place, to someone else who has completely different problems from you, and different skills, and different ideas, different dreams. It just, it's a vacation that you can
1: hold in your hand. Okay. Okay. thank you. All right, next question. Writing consistently is crucial. Could you share some strategies for writing in various circumstances, even when tired or uninspired? Absolutely. Actually, my
0: second, my third podcast is all about that the one about writing blocks. And I'm writing an ebook right now. It'll soon be published. It might be finished by the time this podcast airs. I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit after. But both of those talk about different ways you can write. And actually, my second episode goes into that, too. It's called Writing Methods. A lot of people think, well, a lot of people see videos of writers who, I mean, good for them. They have writing sprints, and they're all on their computers, and they're dedicating the next hour, half hour, two hours to just writing the book. And they're all doing it together, and that's wonderful. However, if you're a parent of small children, you know that's not going to (laughs) happen. And busy people can't do that. You you just don't have enough time for that unless you're paying a babysitter. But a lot of people only have small increments of time that they can use to write their book. And my strategy is to find something consistent that you can do that fits in with your daily life, whether it's carpooling, on the way to work and you can have your notebook there and you can be scribbling out your book as you're carpooling to and from work. I don't suggest doing that while driving. Um, maybe you could dictate, but I think that would be too distracting. Or you, like what I do is I take my kids on a morning walk and I have my dictation device in a pocket and I, I have a, a, two specific shirts that have a pocket that I just, they're my dictation shirts and I have my recorder in that pocket. And during that 30-minute walk, I'm dictating parts of my book. So every day or six days a week, I get it. The goal is eight minutes per recording. I usually get around 20 or 25. And because of that, I've actually managed to finish a book in about three months with a baby, a newborn baby, and a one-year-old. So the the key is to be consistent, like you said, but find a way to fit it in to what you're already doing. Because busy people have routines, they have schedules. You can clip your writing onto a part of your schedule that's, that's already consistent. It doesn't have to be for long. And that's what the ebook that I'm writing is all about. I'm not sure what the title is yet, otherwise I would tell you. But it's about figuring out how to get your writing done during your busy schedule
1: right that's i think being consistent is very important and setting aside some time for that it's gonna help me out to accomplish my goals
0: Mm -hmm. and everyone is different people have different things they're doing different habits different writing goals some people want to become authors some people just want to get the story they've been thinking of for years out on paper so they themselves can read it. There's not a one-size-fits-all here, and that's why it's important. That's what I go into in this book, is how to look at your own schedule and think of what you want with your writing and hone in on that to get your writing done consistently, like you're saying.
1: right. Well, you said that you um, use a recording device, all right? Um, Editing and rewriting are essential. Can you share your approach to revising your work and how do you know when the text is truly finished?
0: Hmm. All right. Well, full disclosure, I have only edited one of my books and I got it to the third draft and another one that I did dictate, I got to the second draft. So. Having a book finished finished, I can't say I haven't I haven't done that yet, but getting it dictated and then editing, there's actually a trick to it. But now with with AI being so so crazy good, maybe I'm gonna try a different way this time, but what I did last time, which worked with dictating my book was I had my computer ready um, open in a Word document ready to type and I just listened to the recording and there were lots of spaces in the recording so I was able to keep up with what I had said before but at that point I was changing a lot of things in the story so I I would use the spaces from when I had been dictating but was taking pauses or breaks and thinking about things and I would either rewrite the scene during those or I would pause it and change the scene completely but it was easy to rewrite it because I already knew what I didn't want. And that's usually the hardest part is writing a book on a blank page. The the first draft is the hardest editing is much easier after that because you're just tweaking things and you know, you have a better idea of what needs to happen. What needs to be changed? What needs to be added? So you can use the transcribing of the recording to literally write your second draft. And then when the part I loved of this is I knew a lot of what I wanted to change, so I changed several scenes, added several scenes, but when I wasn't sure what should come next, as, as if I were writing the first draft again, but by typing this time, when I wasn't sure what I wanted to happen next, I would just listen to the recording and copy out exactly what I had said before. So it got rid of writer's block completely going through this second draft, even though I kind of started from scratch again. And I do certainly recommend that because by the time it was finished, it was quite a different story. It was much more complete, much more fleshed out, but but it was much more much more satisfying to reread it. That that's what I would do if I were
1: you. All right, and um, you mentioned AI. We have this um, Hollywood strike. And one of the main topics is the role of AI in writing. So do you think technology is going to replace writers?
0: Um, (laughs) That's a fun question. So I'm a professional copywriter. Like I said, that's how I make a living. Anticipating that to disappear pretty soon, which is why I'm diving into this podcast. I don't think creative writing can be replaced by AI. I think copywriting certainly can. Um, I think repeatable, predictable writing and imagery can be replaced. But creative things that touch the human soul, I don't think they can be. I don't think creative writers should be worried.
1: Does that answer your question? Yeah. OK, great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think that even though the uh, technology can do um, a lot of things for for now, um, creative thinking is something that AI is not able to do mm-hmm. yet.
0: Yeah, well. It- Speaking of AI, perhaps this is a bit of a tangent, but with the dictating a book and bringing it to a second draft, this time I'm going to see if I could use AI and have AI listen to the recording and write it for me, and then I can just go through and, and tweak it from there. I'm playing with the idea. I don't know, but it certainly opens up a lot of options, and I think it needs to be used as a tool I think there will always be skill when it comes to forming characters and putting a story together, making it satisfying, making it wholesome and touching to the soul. But there are certainly a lot of things that AI can do to make it easier, like spell checking and <laughs> punctuation, things like that. And maybe even listening to hours of a dictated book and transcribing it for you. I don't know. Like I say, I'll I'll have to play with that and see if it works or not.
1: Okay, thank you. Okay, next question is What are your favorite writing rituals or habits that help you stay productive and creative?
0: Oh, there's lots of them. And it depends which method I'm using. So there's typing out your book, writing by hand, and dictating. My all-time favorite is writing by hand, because I can use fountain pens and dip pens and quills, and it just makes the experience so much more wholesome. Oh, they're delightful. So a ritual that I have when handwriting that I just I just don't have time for, it's unfortunately the slowest way to write a book, and I, I just don't have time for it now. And I also have a one-year-old that grabs things, and I'm sure if he had access to my fountain pen, there would be ink everywhere. And I'm not willing to clean that up. But what I used to do is I would write until my ink cartridge was empty. That's how I knew, okay, my writing for today is finished. And it would usually give me about three and a half pages of writing done. So I would leave it empty. And then the next day, the ritual was I got to choose what color ink I wanted that day. And even though the colors would get a little bit muddled, but that didn't matter. It was just satisfying to see them change as I was writing. But anyway, I would pick the color ink I wanted. I would fill the ink cartridge, put the pen back together, kind of get the extra ink off on a napkin. And it would get on my fingers and I would feel so accomplished like Joe in Little Women. And I would sit there, look at the paper, you know, reread the last paragraph that I had written. And then I would start writing and see the color of the ink change fountain pens just glide along the page, which is delightful. And I would just write and write until the the pen starts getting a little scratchy on the page, which means you're running out of ink. Now I'd write until it couldn't write anymore, and then my writing for the day was done. And it was marvelous. So that's my favorite writing ritual. The one I'm doing now isn't nearly as satisfying, but now I we get the kids ready to go for a walk, get the dog ready. And then once everyone's in the stroller and safe and contained, I run up and I grab my dictating shirt and my dictation device, I put it in my pocket and we leave out the front door and we start walking. So as soon as we start, I turn it on and I listen to what I had done the day before. There's 30 seconds, and which I'll explain. I give myself a few corners of this walk to to listen, and then think about what I'm going to say and whose perspective it's gonna be from, where they are, what needs to be said, what needs to happen, who else is in the scene, how the scene needs to end. And then by the time I run into a school that I live near, I have to have that recording button pressed and I need to be recording. And then the walk was on, usually I can record for about 25 minutes, maybe 20, and then at the end, I stop the recording, and then I start a new one where I explain, oh, this is what just happened. This person did this, and this person is now planning on doing this thing. So you need to pick up in this person's point of view at this place, and they're trying to get this. Good luck. And I stop it. So that's where I get that 30-second plan that, I, that I'll listen to the next day. So that's kind of the, the start and end writing ritual why I think these rituals are important is they give me time to get into the zone to really focus in on the story and not be worrying about other things that had happened in the day not be worrying about oh what am I going to cook for lunch it just gets me back into the mind space I have noticed that if I skip a day it's harder for me to start and get in that space again it takes me longer but if I'm being very consistent, then I really look forward to those moments. And it's, it's easier for me to start up writing, actually getting words out, either by hand or um, through speech. And I, I enjoy it more if I'm consistent.
1: Thanks. Yeah. That's a wonderful insight. That's, that's very creative. Well, I, I hope it's helpful. How do you manage self-doubt and writer's block when they arise? So writer's block,
0: I really think, is just a convenient myth. I have some strong feelings about that. Um, Writer's block is romanticized a lot, especially in TV, because it's a romantic concept oh, I'm, I'm so creative, but I have a block and I have to focus on it for in all aspects of my life and something incredible has to happen to me in order for me to be able to start writing again. It's a cute idea. It's completely false. Um, writer's block is like anything else. It's like tripping. It's like walking and your shoe comes untied and you, you have to tie it before you can keep walking. It's not a big deal. It happens to everyone. And the point of writer's block is it gives you a second to to look at your story and think, okay, am I on the right course? Is there a better way I should be doing this? Is something inconsistent? And it helps you look. And it usually means you need a slight course correction Like maybe the scene doesn't even need to be in there. Maybe there is something wrong with your character's motivation. Maybe they don't have motivation. Maybe the relationship between them and another character is unclear and doesn't have uh, a good foundation. Maybe something's just off. Like uh, your character is not acting like themselves at all. Or you've mixed any number of things. And the point of writer's block is to just, it gives you a chance to change something and then you can keep going forward. And I go through that in my podcast, podcast number three about writer's block. There's lots of different ways to get over it, depending on the the method of writing you're using. And it is, it's just a a moment to take a breath and move on. You, You have to get over it. Never stop at a block, ever. Just, Get past it. You can skip the scene you're struggling with if you need to. That's perfectly fine. You can write the scene as badly as you can just to get through it. Fine. Not a big deal. But don't... Writer's block is not a valid excuse to stop writing. It's not. It's just a part of life. There is another part to that question, but I got a little, a little hyper-focused on the writer's block part. Can you repeat the question, please?
1: Of course. How do you manage self-doubt and writer's block so you answer the writer's block part and the the, could you answer the self-doubt
0: yes i think well for me self-doubt has come because people say it's hard to write a book which is true but hard things aren't impossible things when something is hard that just means it's uncomfortable and there are varying degrees of discomfort. But writing a book is totally possible. And I think a lot of people, once they've written one, it's, it's much easier to write a second. But a lot of people can't get through that first one. And if you're having doubts about your ability, then really what you need to be doing is doubting your method. If you're thinking you need to sit down for an hour every day, to write your book, you're wrong. You don't need to do that. That's a great practice, but you don't need to do that yet. You can build up to that. You can start with five minutes a day, which my book goes into. I also see a lot of people who think, oh, once I write my book, I don't want anyone to read it. You don't even have it written yet. You can't be afraid of people reading it if it's not actually in existence yet. Chill out, get the book written. Um, For me, I have a lot of doubts with people, or I used to have a lot of doubts with people reading my books. So how I overcame that was knowing that first drafts of, well, knowing that someone's first book is always the worst, because that's true. Um, Knowing that, I got my very first book. It's called Menaces, Menaces to Society or Menaces of Society. I don't remember one of those two titles. And it was... It was supposed to be a mystery heist thing and it turned out pretty bad. But I have a good friend who is the son of a best-selling author. And so this friend of mine knows all about books. So I was having a lot of self-doubts, but I told myself, if I can send this book to my friend who knows a lot about books, if I can have the guts to do that, then I'll be able to send it to anyone because when I send it to editors, when people pick it up off the shelf, they're not going to know me. And if I do it under a pen name, even less, and then it doesn't matter what people think. Um, And that's, I guess the, the biggest doubt I've had is, oh, I don't want people to read this and think, oh yeah, that girl I knew in high school, she was always weird. And this book is horrible, which sounds pathetic when I say it out loud, but I think if you, have, if you have doubts about your writing, just realize you can use a pen name. No one needs to know that it's you. Um, and don't worry about people judging your book before it's written, okay? After it's written, the only people who are gonna judge you poorly for it are people who haven't written a book. That's what the real world is like. So the haters are the failures, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure if that has if that counts as self doubt, but my biggest doubt is what will what will people think about this. So I hope that counts as a good answer.
1: Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we all have those um, self doubts. I mean, art, any kind of art, the artist is exposed. Mm-hmm. The 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 work is part of the artist Mm -hmm. painting uh, a poem a book anything that is considered art can be criticized or or have uh, bad comments or good comments and mostly they come from people who they don't even know or they have never tried Mm -hmm. once in their lives to finish something
0: The failures are the haters, yeah.
1: All right. Okay, I have another question for you. Go for it. How do you balance the desire for perfection with the need to complete and publish your work?
0: So, like I said before, I haven't... Well, technically, I guess I did query a children's book that I wrote, but I'm not counting that towards this. I haven't actually finished, finished a book. The first one I got to is third draft. And the children's book is just short, so it doesn't count. My mentality is this. You need to have, let's say, four, I'm going to say five drafts of a book. The first draft needs to be like grade F quality. It can be horrible. It just has to exist. You turned it in. The second draft can be a D, the third a C, and the fourth a B, maybe B plus, and then finally you go through and get the little tiny things, the little tiny details all in line, and that's your A draft. Um, I do think people can go through, Well, and I've just heard this, and I've seen this in other parts of life, so I'm assuming it's true for writing. People can get too worried about making things perfect, it's best to have the product finished, even if it's a B plus quality. I think, than to spend far too long going over it and going over it and picking it apart. Because if you if you get too worried about it, then you ruin it.
1: Great, right. thank you. I hope that was helpful. All right, uh, next question. Mm-hmm. Um. In my own experience, I am especially inspired when I'm traveling. So I get some ideas when, I, when I'm in the bus or in, in an airplane or something like that. And I just made up stories. Um, could you share any experience where travel or different cultures have inspired inspired your writing?
0: Yeah, the very first story that I, that I tried to write, I never finished it, but the very first one I tried was when I was living in Mexico. And I had an idea for a character that was stuck in Mexico and didn't speak the language and had this goal too and it was someone from a foreign universe a magical universe and then they'd come stuck in Mexico and they had a goal to get back to their own land but didn't know how and they didn't speak the language and they were freaked out by the customs and it was supposed to be about their travels around Mexico through Mexico Um, and they would be seeing the same things I was seeing. They were seeing the taco stands and the ricas tortas stands that all look the same and um the the potholes in in the roads and the street vendors and the delicious foods and they they would be confused by it and i guess it was a reflection of what i was seeing so there's this church i live next to in mexico and they have paint um stained glass windows and one of them was broken and it had duct tape <laughs> taped over that part of it. When I saw that, I began thinking of, oh, what, what about this cool character idea? And they were stuck in that church and they were freaked out and they, they were trying to get out and they're the ones that, that broke that window. And then what would they have done if they would gotten out? Oh, they would, they would have seen this thing and then that thing. And that's how it all started. And I think, I think traveling, seeing new things, it opens up your mind to new possibilities. I think that's the same reason why people read books is because they want to have a new, a new outlook, a new vision, a new, a new perspective. So when, to reflect that, when you have a new, a new situation that you're in, when you have a new environment, you, you feel creative. It gives you more ideas.
1: All right, that's wonderful. Okay. All right. Um, you mentioned that you have a friend who works uh, revising uh, papers or stories.
0: His father was a <sighs> professional.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, how do you foster a sense of community and support among fellow writers and why having contacts is important? Well, I don't know if I can answer that yet.
0: My mission is to teach, well, to inspire people to, to step up, take control of their writing project progress and get the job done one minute at a time. That's the whole point of my podcast is to help people to do that. And I, I think you are the average. Yeah, you are the average of the five people you're around the most. And it started this podcast because I really wanted a writing partner and I had tried being in writing groups on Facebook, uh, being in writing groups with people I knew who wrote a little bit, and things never worked out. People would say, oh yeah, sure, I'll do it, and then they would drop off the face of the planet. So what I wanted, my intention with this podcast was to be the perfect writing partner for someone like me, uh, a busy mom who wanted to write books and who didn't have time to do it the way most people were doing it. I don't think you need a big community. Maybe you do. I'm sure it does open up network opportunities. Maybe you can meet people who have already published their book. But I think really what you need is contact, consistent contact with someone who inspires you and someone who will give you the push that you need. Someone you can compete with in meeting your goals daily or who, who will write the book first? Who will get the book written first? I guess. Hopefully you're not trying to write the same book as someone else. I think it is great to have lots of context, but I think you just need one. And that's, that's what my podcast is for to be that, that one writing partner that you need so that you're, so that you have at least one other writing friend to, to help you out and to, give you ideas, give you some encouragement.
1: All right. That, that was a great uh, point of view. And one last question before we wrap up our conversation. Mm-hmm. What message or a piece of wisdom will you like to impart to aspiring writers who are listening to our podcast?
0: Well, I want to say that I grew up seeing my, watching my sisters and my parents even giving up on their writing and creative projects because they thought they needed to dedicate long hours of work to start and finish those projects, when the truth is you don't need long hours. You don't have to be joining the online writing sprints that last an hour or two hours and they go once a week. You don't need that. You just need five minutes a day and then you're good. So get my ebook. When it's finished, I'll let you know. <laughs> if it's done by the time this podcast is published, then I'll, I'll, send, I'll put the link below and download it. It's free and figure out what your smart goals are figure out how you need to write your book because you don't you probably don't have time to to dedicate hours and hours if you did you wouldn't be watching this podcast you wouldn't have this problem um you don't need hours and hours you need five minutes every day that's all so don't don't put it off don't think you can't do it because you absolutely can so get it done download the ebook read it fill it out and then get the work done
1: I, I will thank you so much for your inspiring words it's been an absolute pleasure having you or having me you having me in this podcast today mm-hmm. I'm sure our listeners have gained valuable insights from your experience of wisdom
0: I hope so well well um, the podcast is over, it's time to get writing time to get back to work and um, good luck and get to work, get it written get it done I'll talk to you later, okay? Yeah. bye